welcome to the 23rd episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? Good. So we talk a lot about auctions on the podcast, and I thought we could take a little bit of a different tack this week and talk about how auction winners are using their spectrum. So when CBRS closed last year, in addition to the typical wireless and cable MSO bidders like for your Verizon, Dish, Charter, Cox, et cetera, a lot of utilities bid and won Spectrum. Uh, and three of the top 20 bidders actually were utility companies. So Southern California Edison spent about $118 million. San Diego Gas and Electric spent about $21 million. And Alabama Power spent about $18 million. At the time, there was some question about how these companies were planning to use their Spectrum. And the other day, an article on Light Reading from a friend of the podcast, Mike Dano, provides some more details about that. So San Diego Gas and Electric spent an additional $50 million in addition to the $21 million they spent on CBRS for 6 megahertz of spectrum from Anterix in the San Diego area, who holds a nationwide 900 megahertz license. The idea here is that they're going to use this spectrum to build a network that detects downed power lines and de-electrifies that part of the grid before the pole hits the ground, which as a California resident sounds great to me, given that we had to live through all of the issues with the PG&E fires last year. I think there are a number of interesting storylines here in terms of you know, innovative use of spectrum for public safety, as well as the cost of the spectrum. This purchase price of $50 million would put the price that San Diego Gas Electric paid for the spectrum up near C-band levels at $2.31 per megahertz pops. So what are your thoughts on this? And, and would love to hear kind of what you think this means for other utilities. Well, buying Spectrum looks really cheap comparing to burning down paradise, right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it also shows that the secondary market of, of Spectrum that's not like flavor of the month is, is alive and well because it's 6 megahertz in, 900, in the 900 megahertz band. You can't do much with that in, in the today's world of 4G and 5G where we want to have 20 or 100 megahertz channels, right? So there are always uses for, for Spectrum. And here, San Diego Gas and Electric is going to build a uh, looks like building a network where otherwise only coyotes and pumas are roaming and no people and therefore no coverage, right? And and that makes it ideal for a private network. And, you know, the idea of of being able to cut off power before before the cable hit the, hits the ground, uh, I think, is a very good and innovative use of this. So do we expect to see other CBRS winners deploy kind of similar use cases or do, do we really, is it really kind of up in the air in terms of how some of these folks are going to be using their CBRS winnings? Well, I think the important part here is really that it's both 900 and, and CBRS spectrum. CBRS spectrum is at 3.5 gig. So you have best case scenario, what, two, three mile range. With 900 megahertz, you can go 30-mile range. It's really a, a combination here that matters. CBRS per se, well, if you bought a priority access license, I would expect you to do something with it yourself, right? 
Otherwise, it's much easier to work with a wireless carrier that has already an established network and can use existing equipment through slicing when that becomes available. And we see with FirstNet already a, a very good use case where there's a separate core, high, high availability, you know, dedicated resources and the alike. But yeah, I would expect other guys to do that. And when you look at Alabama Power, I think they're part of Southern Power, which used to have Southern Link. So these guys are used to running a network. Yeah, I think the other large bidder that we haven't talked about that probably or, or likely will have a sim- may have a similar use case is Southern California Edison. So they're just adjacent in the Los Angeles area to San Diego, uh, and they spend about six times as much. It's a much larger market. And I imagine it went for uh, the bidding was a little more intense in Los Angeles than it was in San Diego, but they spent 118 million dollars for again that priority access license. I think what's interesting is that. With CBRS, you know, you could have just used the general access license, but I mean, given that this is probably going to be devoted to mission critical power line maintenance, it makes sense to, even though it's going through, you know, as you say, remote areas that are probably less likely to have congestion issues, it still, I think, makes sense from a public safety perspective to use the priority access. Yeah, from all likelihood, you you will never have a congestion. Even in in unlicensed, you will never have a congestion problem in the desert. But, you know, I think it's also exciting for the the equipment manufacturers, and they can look at at a new set of clients, and that can range from, from traditional providers that we all know from Scandinavia to to American companies, you know, like Airspan. So it's a whole range of opportunities here to build something custom that that really makes sense for San Diego Gas and Electric. Right. And I think, you know, speaking of Scandinavia, I know Nokia recently had predicted that the private light wireless market would eventually be double the size of the commercial wireless industry. That that seems like a pretty big jump, but I'd love to get your thoughts on kind of whether or not, where you think that's going or, or what do we think the size of, of something like this is going to be? Obviously, there's power companies everywhere, but you know, what are some of the other applications for private wireless networks that could be interesting with respect to CBRS? Well, I think proclamations like that more says about Nokia's difficulties with commercial mobile radio service providers than than anything else. You can solve the problem both with wireless, both in a private network and a slicing scenario where, you know, you can automate an entire shop floor with wireless, and then you can get rid of all the cabling that exists. And in larger factories, the cabling can go into the millions of dollars. And by cabling a factory floor, you are also fixing the equipment where it is because you don't want to recable the entire production floor. And so suddenly you gain a lot more flexibility by being able to rearrange the equipment based on, on your order. So there are tons of examples here, right? Well, I think that's all we have time for this week. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.